Hello and welcome back to the Gospel Podcast. I am your host, Colton McAteer. Uh, We took last week off, but we are getting right back into the groove of things. Uh, Today with Jonathan Edwards, we're going to be looking at an excerpt from his book, Charity and Its Fruits. Um, Really just uh, the excellencies of, of love and what more could you say about the Gospel than that the Gospel is love. Uh, on on full demonstration. So let's get right into it. This is an excerpt from Charity and Its Fruits written by Jonathan Edwards. Heaven is a World of Charity or Love by Jonathan Edwards in the book Charity and Its Fruits. Charity never faileth, But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. 1 Corinthians 13, 8-10 The doctrine that I would draw from the text, that heaven is a world of charity or love. The apostle speaks in the text of a state of the church when it is perfect in heaven, and therefore a state in which the Holy Spirit shall be more perfectly and abundantly given to the church than it is now on earth. But the way in which it shall be given when it is so abundantly poured forth will be in that great fruit of the Spirit, holy and divine, love, in the hearts of all the blessed inhabitants of that world. So that the heavenly state of the church is a state that is distinguished from its earthly state. As it is as it is that state which God has designed especially for such a communication of his Holy Spirit in which it shall be given perfectly, whereas in the present state of the church it is given with great imperfection. And it is also a state in which his holy love or charity shall be, as it were, the only gift or fruit of the Spirit, as being the most perfect and glorious of all and which being brought to perfection renders all other gifts that God was wont to be stow on his church on earth needless. The cause and foundation of love in heaven is in that the God of love himself dwells in heaven. Heaven is the place or presence chamber of the high and holy one whose name is love and who is both the cause and source of all holy love. God, considered with respect to his essence, is everywhere. He fills both heaven and earth, but yet he is said in some respects to be more especially in some places than in others. He was said of old to dwell in the land of Israel above all other lands, and in Jerusalem above all other cities of that land, and in the temple above all other buildings in the city and in the Holy of Holies above all other apartments of the temple, and on the mercy seat over the Ark of the Covenant above all other places in the Holy of Holies. But heaven is his dwelling place above all other places in the universe. And all those places in which he was said to dwell of old were but types of this. Heaven is a part of creation that God has built for this end to be placed of his glorious presence, and it is his abode forever. And here will he dwell and gloriously manifest himself to all eternity. And this renders heaven a world of love. For God is the fountain of love, as the sun is the fountain of light. 
And therefore the glorious presence of God in heaven fills heaven with love as the sun placed in the midst of the visible heavens is a clear day and a clear day fills the world with light. The apostle tells us that God is love, 1 John 4, 8. And therefore, seeing he is an infinite being, it follows that he is an infinite fountain of love. Seeing he is an all-sufficient being, it follows that he is a full and overflowing and inexhaustible fountain of love. And in that he is an unchangeable and eternal being, he is an unchangeable and eternal fountain of love. There, even in heaven, dwells the God from whom every stream of holy love, yea, every drop that is or ever was, proceeds. There dwells God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, united as one, an infinitely dear and incomprehensible and mutual and eternal love. There dwells God the Father, who is the Father of mercies, and so the Father of love, Whoso loved the world as to give his only begotten Son to die for it. There dwells Christ, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace and of Love, who so loved the world that he shed his blood and poured out his soul unto death for men. There dwells the great Mediator through whom all the divine love is expressed toward men, and by whom and through whom love is imparted to the hearts of all God's people. There dwells Christ. There dwells Christ in both natures, the human and divine, sitting on the same throne with the Father. And there dwells the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of divine love, in whom the very essence of God, as it were, flows out and is breathed forth in love, and by whose immediate influence all holy love is shed abroad in the hearts of all the saints of earth and in heaven. There in heaven this infinite fountain of love, this eternal three-in-one, is set open without any obstacle to hinder access to it as it flows forever. There this glorious God is manifested and shines forth in full glory and beams of love, and there this glorious fountain forever flows forth in streams, yea, in rivers of love and delight. And these rivers swell, as it were, to an ocean of love, in which the souls of the ransomed may bathe with the sweetest enjoyment, and their hearts, as it were, to be deluged with love. If you would be in the way to the world of love, see that you live a life of love, of love to God and love to men. All of us who hope to have part in the world of love hereafter, and therefore we should cherish the spirit of love and live a life of holy love here on earth. This is the way to be like the inhabitants of heaven, who are now confirmed in love forever. Only in this way can you be like them in the excellencies of, and loveliness, and like them too in happiness and rest and joy. By living in love in this world, you may be like them too and sweetness and holy peace, and thus have on earth the foretaste of heaven, heavenly pleasures and delights. Thus also you may have a sense of the glory of heavenly things, as, as of God in Christ, and holiness in your heart be disposed and opened by holy love to God, and by the spirit of peace and love to men, to a sense and an excellence and sweetness of all that is to be found in heaven. 
Thus shall the windows of heaven be as it were open, so that its glorious light shall shine upon your soul. Thus you may have the evidence of your fitness for that blessed world, and that you are actually on the way to possession through its possession. And being thus made ready through grace for the inheritance of the saints in light, when a few more days shall pass away, you shall be with them in their blessedness forever. Happy thrice happy those who shall thus be found faithful to the end, and then shall be welcomed to the joy of their Lord there. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Revelation 7, 17 So, Jonathan Edwards was extremely famous for um, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Uh, many of you have probably studied this in school um, as a literary piece, but it, it is a great sermon if you get the chance um, to check it out. You certainly ha- uh, should if you have not. Um, but, you know, one thing that um, kind of is often thrown out there is that John Jonathan Edwards was was rough and tough and and you know he was a, a sadist even some might say but but the truth is um just from reading this little excerpt from his book uh charity and its fruits um i mean jonathan edwards was considered by most just to be a, a great man of love holy love and and um you know it's not it, it's not contradictory to sinners in the hands of an angry god but it's actually um yeah it it's the result of, of that holy love. It's the result that, you know, he genuinely believed um, in the salvation that comes through Christ alone. And, and he believed in what he, was, what, what he was saying you'd be saved from. So, yes, he warned about hell. Yes, he warned about destruction. Um, but, you know, the truth is, you know, we've all heard it. How, how much do you have to hate someone to not warn them if you really know? And in, in Edward's case, it was it was just that, you know, the opposite. He, he really loved um, just based on on the fruit that we see in his life. And uh, and, and it came out both in, you know, him speaking here about just the beauty of God's love and and what it's going to be like in heaven and how, you know, um, all the gifts are going to pass away. But this one's you know, just kind of points at the scripture, but it's still just such a sweet um realization of of what it will be like you know in the kingdom uh just just that fullness of love but it also is is that same love that warns and that tells people hey um you know hell is for real it's it's a it's a very real place god is angry at sinners every day psalm 5 and and kind of just um you know setting forth that beautiful and wonderful gospel and and that's what he did so as far as his conversion story, we don't we don't really know. Um, I, I don't really know an exact date, but I do know that it was it was one that that took some time. You know, he was um, kind of being brought into the whole sovereignty of God thing, and and just realizing that um, salvation is from the Lord, and and God just showed him. Um, you know, I died for your sins, and and it it just seems like he. Uh, 
yeah, just just one of those like Saul to Paul type conversions. He was he was kind of um, brought up in the Puritan Pietism and and whatnot, but but the gospel just brought him to fullness of life. I mean, you know, as much as you can on this side of glory, but but really just fullness in Christ and and uh, you know, some people say he was really monotone and calm, but others maybe that's debated. Um, we don't really know about what kind of tone he, he talked in. Uh, part of the reason I read these sermons or books is because, well, you know, they didn't have uh, the recording devices that we have so easily accessible today. So I'm just kind of trying to make it easy for people. But 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 part of that is we don't know. We don't know what he sounded like. You know, some people say he was passionate. Other people say he was monotone. Um you know, that, that's one of those kind of things that it's, it's hard to gauge. Um, it's hard to gauge. And some people might think that he's being passionate. Some people might think he's being monotone. Um, yeah, unless we had just some, some hard evidence, it's hard to tell. But that's really not uh, neither here nor there. So the point is, um, yeah, Jonathan Edwards really, really did have a, have, have a deep love and concern for, for people. He he had a deep love and concern for his church. He was a pastor. Um, basically, think uh, uh, last time we talked about John Bunyan, John Bunyan, um, Newton, and then Edwards. So, kind of back to back like that. One thing I do want to mention, you know, kind of the that long season. So he he had a long season from you know kind of thinking uh, a work righteousness type salvation to justification by faith. Well, later on in his life, he preached a sermon series on justification by faith. And sure enough, that was the very uh, sermon series that really started all that, you know, everybody's heard of the Great Awakening. Um, you know, in his area up in Connecticut, that, that was the sermon series that got that going, justification by faith. And uh, it's just pretty awesome how the Lord will uh, bring you some, through something, even with the salvation of your soul you know, getting, getting to you through, you know, justification by faith. And then once, once it clicks with you, once you're born again and and you say, wow. And then he says, okay, now, you know, turn around and, and preach that message and watch me use it. Watch me use it to bring others to me. Um, it's just really cool. I've seen and heard stories about stuff like that. Um, it's not systematic. I'm not saying this every time, but, uh, it's just kind of cool how the Lord used him like that. Um, I hope you liked this episode. I know it's a little bit different. It was reading from a book. I would highly suggest that you just get a copy of that book. Um, And until next week, uh, farewell and to God be the glory.